welcome back to another episode of the Fit for Life with Julie podcast. As you can see, I am not alone today. I have Sarah here, all the way from Sydney. It's so good to finally be here. I can't even believe I'm like in your house right now. (laughs) So we are in the home gym. If you're listening to this on Spotify, I also uploaded it to YouTube so you can go check that out. We are in the home gym and we've got a whole lot of questions here to go through and I'm super excited to have Sarah answer a lot of them. <laughs> Let's do this. Okay, so first one is what inspired you to start going to the gym? So honestly, I just wanted to like sort out some health issues that I had and I wasn't that confident in a bikini, so I did have, I guess, a little bit of an aesthetic goal. I just wanted to build that confidence and really sort out those health issues. Um, some of them were quite serious, so just like learning how to eat healthier, having a bit of a routine as well because I was in uni um, and I was kind of going to the gym occasionally, but I was like petrified of it. <laughs> it was so scary. And yeah, I just wanted overall kind of to develop some healthy habits as well. How do you overcome your fear of going into the gym? Because I feel like a lot of people listening yeah. to this would struggle. Yeah, it was literally just having a plan. Like when I first signed up with you, I had my workout plan and I could look through it as well. And I used to like, you know, either watch videos of the exercises and even try them out at home if I didn't know what to do. Um, or I remember like getting a little tour of the gym with one of the personal trainers there and figuring out how to do that. Or I would go with a friend who kind of knew what they do, they were doing in the gym as well. That's a great idea. Yeah. yeah, so I would always, before going into the gym, I would look at the plan, make sure I'm clear of what I'm doing. Yeah. And then going in to work with a trainer is a great idea. Yeah. Just so you feel a little bit more confident in there. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think also just to know that no one in the gym is judging you either. No yeah. one cares at all what you're doing in the gym. No. Chances are they're too <laughs> busy looking at themselves anyway. Yeah, exactly. I never noticed like what anyone else is doing in the gym or what weight they're lifting or anything like that. I feel like I started going to the gym so long ago and it wasn't anything aesthetic. I feel like now a lot of people want to go to the gym to look a certain way because social media is quite based on yeah. how you look when it comes to working out and wanting to lose fat and build muscle and all of that. But I started going to the gym for stress relief. So I was at university as well, but I just felt so much pressure on me with violin, accounting, piano, that I just needed somewhere to like, yeah, let my energy out. That wasn't something that was so high pressure, but me being the type of personality that I am, I can't do anything halfway. So of course I got really obsessed with that. And yeah, fast forward 10 years, we're sitting in my home gym. I literally (laughs) love working out and taking care of myself. So it started off as stress relief and just became like an absolute passion. Yeah, I love that. And it's such good stress relief as well. Yeah, definitely. Okay, number two, what positive changes in your physical or mental health have you noticed since starting? So many. Oh my gosh. I think like, like I knew I had some health issues, but I didn't realize like, how tired I was feeling and like how bad my digestion was and all these things that you don't even realize are bad until you start like eating healthier um, and looking after your health and nutrition. So yeah, I've noticed like my energy was so much better throughout the day um, from going to the gym in the morning and then eating healthier throughout the day and balancing my meals. Mentally, stress was a lot lower. I didn't even know I was stressed before like with uni, but yeah, it's just had a lot better mental clarity and I was just a lot happier all the time. Like you get those post-workout endorphins and then they kind of last throughout the day. And I think there is that link as well between your gut health and your mental health too. So like 
if your gut health is not very good then it does have that link to your brain and um, your mental health is negatively impacted so yeah it just helped in so many ways yeah I think human labs has a lot about gut health and emotional well-being yeah. and some of his top tips for mental health is to make sure that your gut is on point yeah you ended up starting off going to the gym and then deciding to compete. Like you started off, you know, looking to become healthier and then you yep. decided you wanted to compete. I don't even know how one, you know, goes as far as you have over such a short amount of time. <laughs> it's like pretty crazy. Sarah's now a WBFF pro. Like um, you. Yes, we are both pros now. So what inspired you to compete? I just like honestly fell in love with the process and I think I'm a little bit like you and I can't half do things, so I started going to the gym and I started seeing changes in my body and I just like loved it so much. I loved the routine, um, I loved the training, I loved you know figuring out nutrition and all of that and then I saw you know people like you and um, other people who were pros at the time, at the time on Instagram and I was like oh my gosh that's so cool like I wonder if I could do that and it seemed so far-fetched and so terrifying at the time but that made me want to do it more <laughs> because it scared me so much and that would make me grow because I was working my mindset so much at the same time um, so obviously there were barriers with like you know kind of mentally I didn't know if I'd be able to do it and I didn't know if my body would ever look like theirs or whether I'd had the confidence to step on stage but I just kind of decided I wanted to learn how to do it and just really take it to the next level and you did three times <laughs> show after show after show and then you went pro so that's yeah. pretty pretty amazing i feel like in that time frame you would learn a lot so what advice would you give to someone looking to compete i think i mean obviously you get a coach yeah. <laughs> um like definitely you need someone to tell you what to do and how to get there because you know, obviously if you've got a goal you need to work out the actionable steps to get there so I think that's it. I think figure out how far away you are from competing. Um, get a coach who can tell you what to do and how to get there. And then also do your research in terms of like costs and time commitments and everything like that and figure out if it is the right time for you. Because I think like mentally it might never be the right time in terms of confidence because you grow that during um, a comp prep. But yeah, just um, figuring out if you do have that time and the money to commit to a prep. Yeah, it's definitely a uh, pricey hobby, but yes. one we love. <laughs> and I do think it's important that people kind of look at how far they need to go and they go to a coach that's going to be honest with them. Yeah. Like, it's no point if you go to a coach and you say, look, I want to do a bikini competition in three months time, but you've never lifted away. Yeah. You don't know how to track your macros. You have no form of healthy habits in place. I yeah. think you have to do what Sarah did and that's like fall in love with the process, get a really good base mm -hmm. of your nutrition, your training, your steps, make it so that all these things are just everyday things that you do. Yeah. And then from there, that's when you layer in the comp prep because that's it. on top of all those things, you've got to add in your posing, you've got to add in the rehab work, which we'll talk about yeah. later. And so much more goes into it. And if you're trying to start that from scratch, not to mention by the time you you know need to shred for a competition, you actually need to have muscle yeah. so that when you shred, you have some shape. Like. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And that's something I think I didn't understand at the start either. I can remember after I did my first shred, like I've probably been with you for a few months and I was like, oh, I kind of want to compete, but I didn't really know what it involved. And you're like, oh, we should build some muscle first. So that's what we did. And we started, I mean, before Sarah moved on to comp prep coaching, we did, I think, two years building. It was yeah, 600 we, days, I think. Yeah, we did yeah. a lot of building. <laughs> yeah. So it was like eight kilos down in 90 days, but 
in those 90 days, I'm sure a lot of people would be like, oh, I would love to lose like eight kilos in 90 days. I'd love to lose, you know, 20 plus pounds in 90 days. But the clients that I post that lose 20 pounds in 90 days, mm -hmm. it's not, it's definitely not easy. It is yeah. nailing your steps, your water, your sleep, your nutrition, your training. There's no other way around it. Like yeah. there's no shortcut to getting those results. Like yeah. you would have worked really hard in that time frame, and your body obviously like responded super well and then yeah. we went into the build. And ever since Sarah came to me from day one, all the way through, honestly, I say it to so many people, <laughs> so consistent, so disciplined the whole way through, even with cancelled preps after, you know, the squad and going on to comp prep coaching, yep. like you didn't stop and you still haven't stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when I'll ever stop. <laughs> yeah, she's never stopping. Oh my gosh. So uh, that leads on nicely to number five. How do you stay motivated and focused throughout comp prep? Yeah, I mean, I think on prep, it's almost easier to be motivated and focused because you've got such a big goal like you're gonna step on stage in a bikini and heels in front of thousands of people so you're like I've just got to put 100% into this um, and then on top of that um, I know that I will feel more confident stepping on stage if I've done everything that I could have like I don't want to step on stage and be like oh I should have done more steps that day or I haven't been 100% with my nutrition um, because that just helps with the confidence and especially with posing too but I think it also comes down to discipline too, like you're not always going to be motivated and even more so when you're not on a prep, you need that discipline and that routine because you don't always feel like getting up at 4.30 or 5am to do a gym session, but you do it and I think you yeah. definitely understand that as well. <laughs> Everything Sarah's saying, I'm like, yes. Yes, I feel like she's just a <laughs> like we're just clones of one another because everything you said I completely agree with. Like it's so much easier when you have a massive goal that you're working towards to stay, yes. you know, motivated or inspired and disciplined because like you don't want to step on that stage in a bikini in front of all these strangers yeah. as well as loved ones and friends and things like that, knowing that you didn't give it your all. Exactly. And also the amount of money you spend on it. Like we didn't go to America to step on stage knowing that we should have done more steps or we should have stuck to our macros or we needed to do posing every day and we didn't. Like yeah. if you're going to compete, you have to give it your all. And that in some cases I do see competing as an all or nothing yeah. and that you're either going to do it to the best of your abilities or you shouldn't do it and yeah. I don't think that competing is something you should say oh I want to do it because I don't have motivation and I'm not disciplined mm. it's kind of it's not going to be your magical fix if you're yeah. not doing anything right in a general fat loss phase or you know in general life like competing is not going to fix that yeah exactly and I think you see people do that and they might do well in prep but then post comp they really struggle and they just gain so much weight post comp because they didn't have that discipline um, and those habits to start with. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point as well. And post-comp, I feel we could do a whole <laughs> podcast on that. <laughs> Number six, how do you handle setbacks or disappointments during comp prep? I feel like post-comp can be disappointing for people, yeah. but um, in terms of comp prep, have you had any disappointments or setbacks on prep? Yeah, I mean, my last three preps were actually really good where I made it to shows um, but it was the preps before that um, I did two preps for shows that were cancelled and then one for a photo shoot which I couldn't do so um, and it was all kind of back to back so I think like the first one I was so disappointed because like I felt like I've been working towards it for years and then um, you know I put everything into this prep and I was working so hard for this final day and I thought show day was going to be like this big magical thing um, and then it was cancelled and the date was pushed out 
um, and I was just like so upset and I <laughs> wanted to give up to be honest but then um, Ali ended up talking some sense into me so <laughs> ended up prepping for the next show well we built for a while and then prepped for the next show and it was just like really about learning to enjoy the journey um, to get there and actually you know making the most of the improvements that you make over that time as well and when I look back I can see like the growth that I made in those first preps for cancelled shows and I wouldn't have had that um, if I competed straight away like I definitely wouldn't have done as well so I'm actually really grateful for that extra time I had um, so it's just seeing the positive side in things and you know seeing it as extra time if you have a setback like that and I know you've had I have lots of setbacks but even just hearing you say that like the feeling of obviously I had a show cancelled when everyone the whole world went into lockdown and I was six weeks out and I felt like this was going to be the show that I was going to go pro I felt yeah. really good for it and then six weeks out it was cancelled and you know it is what it is like I couldn't control it I was a little bit sad finding that out but I looked on the positive side of it and I thought you know what it just gives me more time to progress and I'll come yeah. back better when the time's right yeah. so I think for you personally going through all those cancelled preps it's kind of like you went through the experience of going through a prep journey and progressing and going through almost like a post-comp yeah. without the need of spending the money on the comps mm -hmm. and then without yeah. the kind of post-comp blues that you would have had if you had the show day yep. which meant that when you finally got to step on stage you could handle it so much yeah, better exactly. and you were able to do three shows pretty much back to back in yeah. a year like <laughs> no stopping placing in top five in your first show second in your second yeah. show <laughs> and then first and pro your third show and like we might say you know okay that's three shows and you got first you know top five in your first show but really like you still had those three other preps before and all that hard work yeah. didn't go to waste which is awesome yeah exactly. so that's a massive positive i would say yeah and it just it really has helped build resilience and like you kind of figure out how to um act in those situations so like just controlling what you can control and if it's something that's outside of your control then there's no point in you know dwelling over it and being annoyed or being upset so yeah yeah and I think when you say resilience I also see my journey as something that's really built me as a person because yes. I've had shows that just not gone the way I wanted them to yeah. and you can't control the outcome on show day so it really does have to be about enjoying that journey towards it and I do love prep like I yeah. love challenging myself everything that goes into it stepping on that stage the feeling of being on the lights and then obviously you can't control the outcome and I've had outcomes you know being second and third in Australia and then other shows where I've come sixth and seventh after that when which is I'm, still amazing yeah <laughs> which is still amazing you know to place to get on stage alone is an accomplishment yeah to place top 10 in Australia is awesome anywhere within that is just you know great but of course after being second and third I had high hopes for other things that I wanted and eventually I got there but that's my sixth show so I could have given up after my first show or even to be honest after my second show when I got second yeah. or after my third show when I got third but I didn't give up and I'm really happy that I didn't and I'm happy that you didn't because now we sit here as pros. How does your training and your off season change and compared to a comp prep shred? I mean in terms of like actual training it's fairly similar um, in terms of like lengths of workout um, 
I'm still training five days a week. Sometimes I'll go down to four days a week in my off season. Um, but obviously the focus in your off season is to build muscle and the focus during your shred is to lose fat and maintain that muscle. So often during my shred, like the reps are a lot higher. Um, we'll start incorporating some cardio for fat loss, mainly hit, And then, yeah, in my off season, just lower reps. You can obviously lift more because you're eating more. Thanks for the pre-workout hot cross buns. Yes, we're having pre-workout hot cross buns tomorrow. <laughs> But yeah, it's like, in terms of like principles, it's similar, like you're still weight training right up onto a show, um, but it's just like the amount of reps really and the intensity that changes a little bit. And steps? And steps, yes. So yep. um, off season, I'm doing minimal steps, like 8,000 a day. Um, and then during my prep, like it'll be between 10 and 14,000, depending on how far we have to go. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so I'm currently on 8,000 steps as well. But I feel like when you're in a shred and you're used to doing 10,000 steps a day, I actually have to like be cautious of my steps because I can yeah. find it really easy to go over my steps. And to be honest, like a lot of the time I am over my steps yeah. because it's just become such a habit. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people that start their fitness journeys and they find out like, oh, you know, I need to increase my steps because maybe they're doing under 5,000 a day. Mm -hmm. It's really hard at the start to increase your steps, but once you build it up, I feel like it gets easier. And the same thing goes with water intake. It's yeah. hard to drink more water at the start, but it gets easier as it becomes more of a habit. Yeah. Uh, same with consistency going to the gym. It's hard at the start, but when you get used to waking up at the same time, going to bed at the same time, you just build a routine. And I think, but I truly think bodies love routine. They do, yeah. I think it's what we're built for. And like, it just gets so easy as well, and you kind of seek it out um, when you don't have it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely crave routine and that's why I love, you know, when you come and stay, it's like, well, we're going to bed at the same time, we're waking up yeah. at the same time, it's easy. <laughs> don't make me stay out till like 10 o'clock. No, I know, I was just staying with my nana and granddad. I literally went to bed before them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went too. I went to bed before my parents as well. Okay, number eight, how has competing impacted your life outside of the gym? So many ways. I mean, obviously we talked about like the mental and kind of health side of it um, before but I think one of the biggest things is the people that I've met like the people that you meet competing is just so cool because everyone's quite similar like you all have the same goal and even though you're competing against each other like you make friends with so many girls there's so many girls that I've met just through Instagram because they're competing you know you make group chats or you reach out to them and then you start going for walks or um, you just do things together during prep and like you're going through this journey together that you just have something so big to relate to so definitely meeting people I think has been the biggest thing yeah, yeah I think meeting people that are like-minded on a fitness journey sometimes can be really hard because when you talk about you know going to the gym, working out, eating better, and how good you feel. Yeah. Like, and you didn't realize how bad you felt before. So many people live their lives like not feeling good mm -hmm. all the time. And you're feeling amazing. You're taking care of yourself. And you meet other people doing the same thing. And it's just such a good energy. Yeah, exactly. Like everyone just, I feel like it's a lot more positive in that aspect and everyone's so supportive. Yeah. Whereas sometimes in everyday life, you might find that friends or family, although you might think that they have your best interests in heart, they might say things like, why are you going to the yeah. gym so much? Why are you eating that? Why aren't you eating this? Why don't you have a piece of cake? Why yeah. don't you drink that? You know, the list goes on and on. And I think when you meet people through competing, it's like you really do have such similar interests. And yeah. even certain people have similar personality types. Yeah, it's exactly. very like focus yeah that's it I mean like I love all of my old friends and I'm still really good friends with them but I remember like at the start of my fitness journey you're having to say no to so many things and you just feel like you're 
like changing your life so much because you have to say no to going to parties or drinking or going out and eating something um, that you can't have, you know, during a prep. And like at the start, it's really hard, but then you meet these new friends who like align with your new goals and you can kind of have a balance of both. But yeah, it's just such a cool thing meeting other people with a similar mindset. I feel like it kind of normalizes it a lot. It does. And James Clear, Atomic Habits, you've read it. Yes. Yeah, I think. I've read it so many times. But yeah, he also talks about like the community that's around you and how important that is when it comes to achieving your goals. So I think with competing, like you network with people on Instagram, obviously with the squad, the Facebook group, Instagram. Like I'm very big on social media for connecting with people because you just don't have that opportunity to meet people necessarily in your everyday life, especially if you spend a lot of your time, you know, working or commuting or in yep. the gym it's just so hard to so i think using social media to connect with others like the angelic fit squad connecting with one another if you're competing using the competing facebook groups yes. is a really cool way to network with yeah. people that kind of flows on nicely number nine how do you balance your training and nutrition with other aspects of your life such as work social events and family obligations i mean i think there's probably two parts of that like there's prep and then there's off season <laughs> yeah all different worlds yeah yeah so i mean when you're on prep like you've got that dial turned up to 100 percent, and you do have to be a little bit selfish sometimes you do have to you know not go to some social events or i mean you can like go to social events but you might not be able to you know drink or have the same food as them you'll be bringing meal prep with you yeah. so like you do have to forego some of that stuff on prep but then when you're not on prep you can have um, definitely a lot more of a balance and you can pre-plan for dinners out for your drinks if you want to and you can also just find things like socially that fit into what you're doing like going for walks I go for a lot of walks with friends to catch up rather than having to do something that's involved around food there's actually a lot more then you realize it's not you know involved with food <laughs> yeah I feel like when people say social occasions or social events and you think of catching up with friends yeah the first thing like I would think of before yeah this life is let's go out for food let's go out for brunch let's go i'm not really much of a drinker but you know at uni it would definitely be drinks Mm. so a lot of social events are surrounded by food and even if you go to the movies on a date or something it's like oh there's food there and i would always get the food at the cinemas not to mention is it expensive but (laughs) there's nothing that easily fits into a shred really there. So when it comes to like balancing things, I'm not gonna lie, I personally think comp prep is just not balanced, right? There's no way for you to be able to train as many times as you need to, do your posing, do your steps, get in all your water, sleep seven to nine hours, and try and maintain a big social life. Like I would have times on prep when I was so tired. The last prep I had, I was like way better. Mm. But I'd have times on prep where Ross and his family were going out for a meal and it was midday on a Saturday afternoon and I felt so tired I fell asleep on the yeah. couch and didn't go. And it's like you know, yeah. you know you just so you just have to save all your energy and it definitely impacts I would say friendships as well as relationships. Yeah. And it takes a very special human, which we are both lucky to have very special humans <laughs> in our lives, that can actually put up with supporting you on a prep yeah because it's not easy for partners either no and i think it's about just managing those expectations as well like having the conversation with family and friends about like what you're actually doing and why you're doing it and then you'll find like most of the time people will support you anyways yeah hopefully (laughs) and if they don't support you like i kind of think like are they really your friends yeah (laughs) what about if someone is struggling to stay motivated and focused on their fitness journey what advice would you give them 
I think first of all like have a goal to work towards and that could be anything like it it could be a comp or it could be a photo shoot or it could be like a strength-based goal even to work towards and then you're obviously more motivated to work towards that but also um, just build up those habits every day build the discipline that you need to obviously get things done on your fitness journey and it does come down to that routine and that discipline at the end of the day yeah I think having a habit tracker when starting out is a really good thing to do so obviously whatever your goal is I really like the photo shoot goal because someone came to me the other day saying they've booked a photo shoot you know three months from now yeah that's their goal and that's an exciting goal we both love photo yeah. shoots <laughs> it's such a fun thing to work towards it's a little less pressure than say a bikini competition I yeah. feel like that's a pretty big goal so you pick this goal then work back from the goal in terms of how long you've got to the goal what you need to do in order to achieve that what habits do you do each day Day that's going to get you there and then from there you can you know put them on a habit tracker tick them off each day and if you miss a day it's okay try not to let that day turn into two so you yep. might hit 9,000 steps today instead of 10 well tomorrow you're going to hit 10,000 steps and just really try and build those habits up like you said so that it becomes pretty much a lifestyle yeah. to get you to the goal and then once you've achieved the goal you can continue it after. What we don't want to do is achieve whatever the goal is and then go back to what you were doing before and just lose all the progress yeah. that you essentially made. Yeah, that's it. And I think that's one of the hard things. Like if you go from zero to 100 and then you slip up, it's, it's quite hard at the start to go back on track. But like once you realize that one little slip up doesn't ruin your whole week or all of your progress and you can just carry on as you were rather than you know, going back to 100%, then I think that's like the biggest thing that helped me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think like picking yourself up, moving on, being kind to yourself. Yes. There's a fine line between being kind to yourself and, you know, constantly making excuses for yourself. But I think recognize what happened. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. Pick yourself up, move on, yeah. and then keep going. Yeah. And it's when we quit that we fail. So. Yeah, exactly. And it's building that trust with yourself as well, because if you keep giving up, then you're going to lose, you know, trust with yourself and you won't trust yourself to stay on track. So yeah, once you have that trust, then you can kind of keep going a lot easier. Yes, I love that. And I said just today on my Instagram stories, I was talking about building confidence and building trust with yourself. Yeah. Like if you had a friend that you were going to catch up with and every single time you plan to catch up, they're like, oh no, I can't make it. Um, and they cancel last minute just like you telling yourself you want to do something and mm. you cancel on yourself every single time like you eventually stop trusting them yeah. like I don't want to hang out with someone like that so then I feel like that knocks your own confidence back and it's the same as on comp prep if you said you're going to pose if you said you're going to do your check-in like you have to do these things yeah. and that's building up your confidence yeah 100%. moving away from comp prep in particular but what are some of your favorite exercises Let's just say, you know, what's your favorite glute exercise? Because that's Ooh. what we want to hear about. Lately, I've actually been really loving step-ups with a dumbbell. I can just like really feel the activation and that's something that I used to find quite difficult, but I've recently been doing it just like holding on to something for a bit of support and like I can really feel it. Oh, I think you so, need to do this tomorrow. Yeah, let's do them tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's my favorite at the moment. What about you? Hip thrusts. Yeah. <laughs> I am loving them. I think it's because I'm on high calories, I'm getting so much stronger, leaning up to my last show, like I don't know, maybe I was like 80 kilos or so, and then last week I did 120. Oh like, wow. Rip. So the strength gains for me in that is really good, but then something like step ups, 
I also find them like quite challenging yeah. and so it'll be fun to try those out yeah. tomorrow. Number 12, what is a common misconception about fat loss? Let's do one each and explain. One is definitely that you have to go to big extremes and do like an extreme diet with a name on it like keto or you know any of those diets that are like trending whereas you just need to be in a calorie deficit and it can be quite moderate um, and it is better obviously if it is moderate over a long time so that you lose the weight slowly and you can keep it off but yeah I think that's definitely a big misconception. Straight away when I said it my similar one was going to be that you have to cut out all carbs so yeah. kind of similar as you mentioned keto I feel like when people want to lose fat the first thing they think I oh, actually I think of another <laughs> so the first one is they think okay I've got to cut out all carbs that's going to help me lose weight mm. and they'll often jump to something like keto but you know, fats are obviously higher per gram, so carbs are only four calories per gram, yeah. fats are nine calories per gram. So technically, if you were gonna do anything, you would think someone would jump to thinking, okay, I'll go low fat, because mm. it's easier to go lower calories, yeah. as opposed to low carb. But in actual fact, we need a good balance of proteins, fats, and carbs. Carbs to fuel us, fats for our hormones, and protein to help with our recovery. And we want to build that muscle if not maintain it <laughs> and then the second thing i would say it, it always comes down to fat loss i feel when people are starting their fitness journey for a yep. lot of people and that is that you need to do endless amounts of cardio yeah i think so many people will be like oh i want to lose fat so i've been running x amount per day and it's like i do not run no <laughs> <laughs> unless i'm running late you won't get me running yeah. like it's i don't enjoy it I feel like it's really intense on my whole body. Mm. Uh, it's just not for me. And no prep. Oh, apart from my earlier on preps when I did sprints, yeah. I feel like that's a little bit different. But I'm never running for distance. Mm. And for the last however many preps, four maybe, I have not done any kind of running. It is yeah. all low intensity walking, maybe a fast walk because I like walking fast. <laughs> and then bike sprints or yeah. that's it really or maybe circuits i didn't yeah. even do circuits in my last prep i just think so many people are quick to jump to cardio as being the goal for fat loss and like sarah said it's calorie deficit like we cannot outwork our nutrition no matter how long we spend in the gym how many miles we run it all comes down to our nutrition what's your go-to kind of tip for someone looking to eat well on a fat loss journey well it's kind of two definitely yeah. prioritize protein so you stay full for longer um, and also volume, like I am such a big eater, like, I'm eating so much at the moment that I could eat more honestly. Um, but yeah, just like learning what foods you can have lots of um, while on your fitness journey and still staying in a calorie deficit is like was definitely key for me. What are your favourite go-to volume foods? Um, what did I have on prep? Kind of so about volume foods right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I love low potatoes. Oh, yes, Bud Light in Australia. <laughs> yeah, so lower carb potatoes. Yeah, lower carb potatoes. You can just do so many things with them, like, you know, use them in recipes or just as chips. Um, and they're a lot lower calorie than normal potatoes, so you can have lots of them. Um, or protein fluff, which is just like the frozen berries, protein powder, and a little bit of almond milk. And then you just whip it up and it makes a massive bowl of dessert yeah, yeah so as soon as i think of high volume foods i think strawberries and pumpkin yes. i love i could eat so many berries mm. especially fresh ones i just yeah. hoover them all up and then pumpkin i feel is similar to low potatoes and that i could just eat so much of yeah. it like i would far rather have you know 300 grams of pumpkin air fried and then 200 grams of strawberries mm. so 500 grams of food versus like a chocolate bar yeah, like a exactly. 250 calorie chocolate bar it's yeah. just in a shred it's not worth it yeah. and you do really want to focus on those micronutrient 
micronutrient dense foods that taste good still. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my and go -tos. It, yeah, it definitely helps you adhere to it for longer. Definitely. <laughs> what strategies do you use to maintain your mental and emotional health? I mean, obviously the gym is really good for mental health. <laughs> and just like eating right really helps with my mental health. Honestly, getting outside and going for walks, it just gives you so much mental clarity, I feel. Um, and like listening to podcasts or listening to music just to calm you down a little bit. Um, I recently been doing a bit of yoga in my off season, so that's really good. Like I, I don't really like sitting still for long or just like calming down. So it's actually been really hard for me, but I think really good as well. Even you saying like yoga, I'm like, mm, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's very hard to sit still, um, which is kind of weird because you'd think like sitting still would be the easy thing, but yeah. I also totally relate to that. And I yeah. think you having Archie, a beautiful golden retriever to walk. I think dogs are great therapy. If you have a dog to walk outside, I yeah. think that is a great uh, way to wind <laughs> down and chill out. I unfortunately don't have a dog. But I find for mental well-being, like I definitely love getting out in the fresh air, yeah. getting some sun on my skin. I think sleep plays a massive role. Oh, yeah. If I'm overly tired or I'm not sleeping well, I just feel it really impacts my mm -hmm. moods and no one wants to be near me when I'm not sleeping yeah. well. That's <laughs> horrible. Um, so sleep, but then also like therapy, to be honest, I found super helpful post-comp. Yeah. Uh, after the comp where I did New Zealand, I got to the leanest I'd ever been. I placed seventh, which obviously wasn't what I was expecting. I honestly needed someone to talk to after that, and I reached out for help. I got help, and I haven't been back to therapy and since like lockdown, maybe. Yeah. And I just feel like I'm in a mentally great place now, thanks to going through that and yeah. talking to someone. But another thing I started doing last year in January is gratitude. Mm. So writing down three things minimum I'm grateful for every day. And to be honest, ever since January last year when it started off as one thing I was grateful for it's now four to five things every day that I'm wow. grateful for and it has to be something different to the day before yeah and that just makes you constantly throughout the day pay attention to the little things and I honestly feel I feel so much happier yeah. each day by doing that because it's like even on the darkest days I can still try and find like even on the very dark hard days I can still find something I'm grateful for and that's yeah. like a good quality at I think to have. Yeah, I love that. That'd be cool to look back on as well. Yeah, so I literally have a whole calendar for last year where every single day I have something written wow. on it. Apart from when I went to Australia for comp, because to be honest, peak week was so busy, I was like grateful for every day. Yeah. So I just left it that week, I was like, eh, I'm grateful every day, so it's okay. But yeah, other than that, you know, I can look back on that and see some of the really cool things I've yeah. done over the year, and I think that ties in nicely to journaling as well. Yeah. And you just launched a comp prep journal. Yeah, Do you want to talk diary. about that? I feel like that's a good way to track habits and also you could write gratitude in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's called the prep diary, and it basically has like, a daily planner um, for 20 weeks or as long as your prep is um, and it has all of the protocols for your prep that you can write on you know training steps nutrition supplements posing everything that you need it has like a scheduling thing so you can schedule everything in and then it has a little section to write you know gratitude or mindset moments and it's got just like tips and reminders as well leading up to show day so like when to book everything and how to budget and packing lists and everything that you need basically to compete so smart yeah. such a good idea like honestly 
if I was doing a prep this year, I would definitely get that. But I know I will when my time comes again yeah. to step on stage. Because it's just something that wasn't in the market before. No. I literally would write everything on my phone notes yeah. or on a piece of paper. Yeah. And I think to have everything in one place with those reminders of when to book appointments yeah. is so important on prep brain. Yeah, exactly. Prep brain. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Any tips for a beginner looking to get started on their fitness journey? Get a coach. <laughs> That's where I come in. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, just get a coach because I had tried to do it on my own, but I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and I was probably doing more harm than good as well. Um, and I was just, you know, like yo-yo dieting. I didn't know what to do in the gym. Um, I didn't know how to track. I tried because um, I've heard about the macros, but I had no idea what I was doing. So yeah, it's honestly just get a coach. And I think also making that investment as well and like actually paying for something will make you commit to it. I think I've shared my journey enough across all social media platforms to know <laughs> how much time I wasted trying everything you can imagine. Even before I became a coach, I said the best thing you can do on your fitness journey is to get a coach. Yeah. And that was well before I started Fit With Truly. So I feel like that you saying it as well must yeah. mean something. I just think it's the best investment you can make in yourself. And I see it as like an investment in your future self too. You're investing in your health long term. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I think it's a necessity and that if you could have someone literally give you the plan that's going to get you to your goals yeah. a lot faster, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. It's like getting into a car and wanting to drive somewhere and if you're like as lost as I am without maps, <laughs> it's like trying to get there without Google Maps, yeah. you know? Yeah. I just think it really maps it out for you. It takes the guesswork out of it and it makes things a lot easier. Yeah, and it has such a flow on effect as well. Like once you start achieving your goals on your fitness journey and you start like earning that trust in yourself, you'll just honestly give anything a go and like, it flows onto your relationships and friendships and work, like everything. I mean, since you started your fitness journey, maybe is it over four years ago yeah. now? Gosh, <laughs> time flies. Uh, over four years ago, like you have literally changed your life. Yeah. You moved countries, you changed jobs, yeah. you competed, <laughs> you went pro. Like I feel as if if you had stayed where you were at the point in time when you came to me, you wouldn't have gotten to where you are now no. because you're whole life change. Yeah, definitely. When it comes to achieving your goals and you're starting out, getting that plan in place and then just actually doing whatever yeah. the coach says. <laughs> exactly. Staying on your own journey as well, your own plan, not what someone else is doing because it's so specific to you. Yeah. Random workouts, random results. Don't go on Instagram and try and copy what Sarah is doing. For example, if you look at how many calories she's on right now, <laughs> you start eating that, chances are you might find yourself gaining very quickly. Yeah. So it's super important to have a tailored to you what do you enjoy most about competing um i think i mean i already touched on the friendships but i think like the whole prep journey i just absolutely love because it is so hard and it does just like grow your mindset so much like you realize how much you can actually achieve and i feel like once you're that busy and once you're doing so many things in the day you actually end up fitting in more like i do so much when i'm on prep it actually really surprises me and yeah you just realize what you're capable of when it comes to competing obviously we did speak about friends i love the journey to it and then every single prep when i think i'm working hard and then i do another prep and i'm like okay i've got to take it up another level how do i take it up another level i'm sure as heck somehow figure out how to take it to a new yep. level and every time i get better and better and it's like the drive of progression that I love mm. so much and I think that's my biggest thing for competing is just really that you versus you and getting better every time. Yes. Yeah. 
such a high. Exactly, like you get your stage photos back from one show and you're like so proud of yourself and you're like, how am I ever gonna beat that? And then somehow you do at the next show. Yeah, I literally look at my Atlantic City photos and I'm like, wow, this is the best package I've ever had from head to toe, my shape, my posing, my bikini, everything yeah, I love. <laughs> yeah, but then it's like, oh, am I done now? How am I gonna beat that? Yeah. Like I honestly started thinking like, oh, I think I might be done. Like, I'm happy to end on that. But maybe me, I'm not ending on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's do a quick fire. I'm just gonna fire these out and we'll just answer them as quick as we can. How often should I exercise? Definitely depends on your goals. <laughs> yeah. When will I start seeing results? Honestly, within a few weeks, if you can really commit to the process. Like, I think I've really started seeing results losing fat within probably four to six weeks after like 100% committing. Yeah, I think that's a realistic time frame. I think so many people give up after a week or two. Yeah. Yes, you could see results in two weeks, like minimal results, if consistent with everything, but most people take like two weeks just to learn how to track macros yeah. or to build up the habits. And then, yeah, around the four to six week mark is like a great kind of time frame yeah. to really start noticing some changes. Yeah. More than just visible, I think also mentally and energy wise. Yeah, and if you're building muscle, like probably a little bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> it takes so much longer. Definitely, especially if you're advanced. Okay, what should I eat before a workout? Carbs. So I normally have either crumpets with honey, um, at the moment, hot cross buns, any kind of fast acting carbs. Yeah, yeah. what about you? Uh, tomorrow we're having chocolate chip hot cross buns, <laughs> but I love rice and honey, honey on crumpets. Yeah, really the honey for the fast acting carbs. Yeah. Sweet in the morning, love it. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you eat after a workout? Protein and carbs. Okay. Sometimes some fats in there as well for the satiation. Something really simple like wheat bits with a protein shake poured over and some fruit, or it might be like potato and scrambled eggs, but yeah, really just getting that the protein and carbs in. I am the same, but mine will be currently protein ice cream. Ooh. We're having that tomorrow. So I'm obsessed with that, so that's usually like pretty much just a protein smoothie with fruit in it or whatever, and then put into my Ninja Creamy. Mm. And if I'm on prep, then yeah, it's more like the eggs and low potatoes kind yeah. of vibe, something more satiating that doesn't make me want to eat more chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> How do I measure my progress? Photos. Wow, so every week I'll do check-ins with my coach, so I do photos, measurements, I weigh in just for the data, and then you can also measure your progress obviously with like how your clothes are fitting, your strength. Awesome, yeah, so I think progress photos for fat loss are a massive one. Mm -hmm. Measurements and weighing in, are okay sometimes but if you find yourself getting caught up on the numbers then you're probably better off taking progress photos and having a coach assess those photos not you because we are our harshest critics and you might not notice the things that your coach sees yeah. how do i prevent injuries during exercise let's switch this around to you've obviously had a few injuries in your yeah. journey so what advice would you give to someone wanting to prevent those injuries I think the main one is like get an expert early on. So go to a physio as soon as you have like a little niggle um, because it's probably going to turn into a bigger injury. Um, so I had kind of like a niggle in my back. I had tightness down one side of my body and I was always just a little bit off for probably like a year and I just didn't go to physio. And then I was weightboarding and I just felt my back go. So it turned into a much bigger injury that took a lot longer to heal. So definitely 
get an expert early on, like a physio or an osteo that can help you and actually commit to doing those rehab exercises. And then also just prioritizing recovery. So warm up and then stretching afterwards, foam rolling, things like that, and rest days to make sure that you're not overtraining. Definitely overtraining and then form as well, I find. Yes. Like obviously make sure that you're prioritizing form over weight because so many yep. people start ego lifting and then they run the risk of getting injured especially yep. if they're not warming up properly yes. should someone use supplements you don't have to <laughs> i personally love them um but yeah i think it's about putting in that effort first and realizing that supplements aren't a magic fix so they can definitely help you along your journey you know they can help with getting your protein and your um, energy your recovery and everything like that um, but they shouldn't be used as a quick fix Definitely. Nothing really to add to that. Almost last one. <laughs> How do I deal with muscle soreness after a workout? Yeah, so obviously um, only doing as much as your body is capable of, so you're not overdoing it. Um, warming up and cooling down, stretching, um, supplements. So I always take BCAs during my workout. Um, to, I find they definitely help with muscle soreness. Um, and making sure that you're eating a post-workout meal that has those protein and carbs so that you can you know, replenish your muscles. Yes, definitely. I think eating enough food in general yes. in order to recover is super important. And sleep. Oh, so important. <laughs> yes. So I feel like we could talk all day and just give so many tips away. I hope you guys learned something from that. The last question I'm going to ask you is what is next for you? Yeah, so this year I'm just building. Um, so really committing to the build, eating all the food, training really hard. It's definitely um, it'll be the longest set of like fully committed to a build so I'm super excited um, we've got some like investment goals and things this year so competing is just not financially right um, so we're focusing on that and then next year I want to compete in world social media I'll put it in the links I'll just put it in the links it's so much easier to do yeah. that but Sarah underscore WBFF Pro yes. I'm so excited to see you shred after this build it goes to yeah. show how much time goes into getting ready for a competition especially if you want to progress you know it's yeah. not like a two month or a three month build and then you shred just because you feel a little bit uncomfortable yeah. And that's also super inspiring for me because I'm going through my build now. I'm also taking a whole year to build. I feel like this year for me is a lot about helping the squad. It's about growing that, working on Fit Within Julie. It's about having quality time with Ross, quality yeah. time with family, mm -hmm. hopefully getting to do some travel later this year, hopefully with family as well. And just, yeah, enjoying time out of a long deficit. Yeah. It's it feels great yeah it does and it's not like we're just letting go and like not doing anything in our off season like we're working hard but yeah it's just so nice to have extra time to be able to spend with you know family and friends and do things you can't necessarily do on prep yeah and even like for tonight we've got sushi and yeah. you know i don't have to like track everything to the dot it's just so much more flexible it's like being able to go out to a music concert and if i want to have a drink I could have a drink yeah. and it's just that freedom. Most times I don't have a drink, but you know, I could if I wanted to. <laughs> and I think it's just really cool to have that freedom. And that's something for anyone that's going through a fat loss journey, you can look forward to, like you don't want to live in a deficit forever. 
but the goal is to achieve whatever your fat loss goal is and then aim to reverse diet and get out of that while still working on the habits that yeah. got you into the position that you're mm -hmm. there. So it's not like you just stop walking and doing your steps. You yeah. don't stop drinking water and stop sleeping seven to nine hours. It's just that you're able to eat more so that you have more energy and you can do all the things that you want to in life. So I don't think that you know going through a fat loss reverse and build is restricting by any means. I think that it gives you freedom because it enables you to be able to eat more yeah. whilst feeling good in your own skin and whatever you wear and everything you do. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Yay! Okay, that wraps up today's episode. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining me. Thank we you. are going to go have some sushi. <laughs>